Welcome everybody. This is Dan Marsden and this is the second episode of the Redeem the Dream podcast. <laughs> this time we're here with uh, Kyle Smith. He's a major league soccer player in Orlando and he has an incredible story to tell and uh, he's become a good friend of mine. And so uh, we're going to have a great conversation about overcoming and um, just uh, hearing his story as well. And uh, love to get y'all's feedback. So if you like, you can hit me up at uh, dan at redeem-the-dream.org uh, for any uh, comments, questions, or concerns. And uh, other than that, let's get this uh, conversation started. Uh, how you doing, Kyle? I'm doing very well. Uh, excited to be on the, the new podcast. So I'm okay. excited. <laughs> nice, nice. Thanks for taking the time to... Uh, uh, to talk with us. So uh, you were in Louisville last year. That's where we met. And uh, man, you have a an exciting journey as far as your soccer journey. Do you mind kind of sharing a little bit about uh, how you grew up and uh, how you got into soccer and, and kind of ended up where you're at right now? Yeah. So I started playing soccer when I was probably three. My parents, uh, you know, were the reason I started playing. They, you know, both like soccer. And then uh, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I went to LaSalle High School, played soccer there, then went to Transylvania University in Lexington, Kentucky. It's a Division three school, played soccer there, and then worked in accounting for a year and a half while I was trying to uh, become a professional soccer player. And then eventually I got the lucky break in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, played there for three years, and then got another lucky break. And now I'm in Orlando with the MLS team. Wow, that's that's amazing, man. So it's a pretty rare for a Division three player to make it to that level. Um, yes. So how did uh, you know? Can you explain a little bit what what, what were the greatest challenges for you, uh, kind of coming out of college? Because I know you didn't keep playing right after college, right? You took some time off, like you mentioned, and uh, worked in accounting. And um, you know, how did you get an open tryout there somehow, and in, in Louisville, or how did that whole thing work out? Yes. So it it was challenging because no one really, you know, looked at my resume or rated my resume. So I had to pay for open tryouts. And the first year I tried out for Louisville paid, unfortunately didn't make it. So uh, I came back, paid again, tried out again. And uh, I made, well, I had to go on, I made it to the invitee tryout. So I got to try out for a whole week. And then uh, they invited me to Florida with the team after that. So I got to try out for a whole nother two weeks. And then finally I got offered a contract. So yeah, there were, there were some challenges of, you know, having to prove myself multiple times because I guess my resume wasn't good enough because I went to a division three school. Okay. So were there a lot of people that got cut um, that played in higher uh, division schools, like division two, division one schools that got cut when you didn't? Yeah, so when I showed up to the invitee tryout, it definitely was a high level because everyone there either, you know, won Division two national championships or played at very good D1 schools. So the level was definitely high. And then they whittled it down to about uh, four of us that got invited to Florida. And then uh, two of us, ended up or three of us ended up making the final roster wow that's that's amazing was it hard for you to kind of get respect from 
your peers, so to speak, at this level, being that you're probably the only Division three player that was there and um, probably a little bit of pride issues to kind of outdo some guys that played at much bigger programs. Um, was that an interesting dynamic for you to kind of walk through? Or? Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I did have to, I would say, gain the respect of my teammates. And at first it was challenging because – you know, they're like, who's this rookie coming from, you know, basically nowhere? Is he good enough? And then on the field sometimes, you know, they would hold me to a high standard because they would want me to perform well and, you know, be good for the team. So I def there was definitely a transition period where I had to prove myself and, you know, show, you know, prove to them almost that I was good enough. And I, I did that. And then, you know, went, just kept climbing from there. So, Wow, it's amazing. When did you start dreaming of being a professional soccer player? I mean, at the, towards the end of high school, did you have any looks at bigger schools? Or was Division three kind of the highest level you could uh, play at coming right out of high school? So I did get offered to NKU, uh, Northern Kentucky, which at the time was uh, Division two, um, And now it's Division one. But they offered me a walk-on, so I, I didn't really want to – go there so I you know went to I ended up deciding to go to Transylvania but yeah I feel like I'd started dreaming about it probably later than most people uh, I really made it a goal like my junior year of college and that's when you know I was like I think I can really do this if I put the work in and you know really train hard so I started doing that and eventually you know it paid off so well, so when you were in college, you feel like your focus was um, a lot stronger than your teammates. Did you put in a lot of extra work that your teammates did not put in? Yeah, definitely. Like a, a, at a lot of Division three schools, I think you get a lot of guys that, you know, aren't really – they know they're not going to play soccer after college, so they're not really, you know, focused. They're more focused on having fun in college where I was kind of different because I was focused on – you know, becoming a professional. So I really, you know, sometimes I struggled with, you know, teammates not putting in their all or not focusing, but, you know, I could only control what I could control. So. Well, yeah. so uh, I bet a lot of, did you surprise a lot of people, a lot of your teammates that you had in college? Are they kind of shocked to see you uh, in MLS today? Yeah, I would say most of them are shocked, but I did have, I had a couple guys that were telling me, you know, like, man, I really think you could do, you know, I think you could do something if you, you know, go to tryouts and, you know, train. Like, I think you, like, watching some of these guys on TV, I think you could definitely do it, which really helped me because sometimes you're not sure if you can do it. So you need that reassurance from, you know, your family and friends to really push you. Well, yeah, so uh, did you have some crucial encouragement there from some of your friends? Yeah, definitely, because my mom was, you know, a little bit the other way. She wanted me to, you know, pursue accounting because she knew that I had to pay my rent, had to pay my car bill. So she really was focused on that steady paycheck where maybe if I went after soccer, I wouldn't have have that or have as much of, of that. So uh, my friends really did, you know, help me. And then eventually my mom came on board too, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, she started proving you could do it. Yeah. Man, so uh, 
how long was it? You said the first time you tried out in Louisville for um, um, kind of that, that second highest tier of soccer in the U.S., you got cut. Did you have to wait yeah. a whole another year to try out again? Yes, and I uh, worked in accounting and played, uh, it's called Premier Development League. It's like a three-month season. It's like amateur soccer, but a lot of Division One college, it's like a good level. A lot of D- Division One college athletes do it in their off-season. So I played that as well. And then I watched Louisville on YouTube a lot at my job when I had some free time. So I was, uh, you know, just hoping and praying that I could eventually make make it onto the Louisville roster. Okay. So after you got cut that first time, were there a lot of people that said, hey, man, you gave it a shot. Now you should probably focus on other things um, yeah, at that stage got, of your life. Yeah, I got uh, mixed messages from a lot of people, especially after I made it uh, – to the invitee tryout because now it's like, Oh, he's actually got a legit chance now, but should he take it because he might mess up his accounting career. But I had a lot of my managers coming up to me saying, you know, I think this is really cool what you're doing because you know, you can only play soccer for so long. So I think you should go after your dream, you know? So. For sure, man. So, uh, was it was it everything you expected to be once you got to Louisville? Didn't you get Rookie of the Year um, your first year in Louisville that you actually played? I, I got mid-season Rookie of the Year, but then I ended up losing it to the striker from New York. His name was Brandon Allen, but yeah, I got I got mid-season Rookie of the Year and had a really good season. So and our team did well. And so you won two national championships. Yeah, that. <laughs> that was some fun memories. Did you make some good friendships and, and build some great relationships with your teammates in Louisville? Yeah, uh, definitely. I miss the guys a lot uh, because I had to, you know, I had to take this opportunity. But I definitely made some uh, lifelong friendships for sure that I definitely will keep in touch with them for the rest of my life. So I'm very grateful for that. Okay. And so that transition from Louisville to the big leagues – how did you get that break? How did that opportunity come about? Because Louisville isn't necessarily a farm team to any major league team, right? So it's just because you have a great season at that level doesn't automatically mean you're going to have a chance at the next level, right? It's it's uh, Professional sports is a lot harder than a lot of people realize. So uh, can you kind of speak into that and share how that whole thing kind of worked out for you? Yeah, so uh, our coach... James O'Connor got the opportunity to coach at Orlando and he left us last year mid through the season at Louisville. So uh, he was kind of my in and um, I knew if we won the championship at Louisville again and I was contributing and having a good season, I knew I would uh, hopefully get the call from James because I was in contact with some of the other coaches throughout the season and I was getting, you know, good messages from them. And like you said, it is very difficult because you think, you would think that because we won two championships in a row that a lot of MLS teams would come to Louisville and be picking off players. But only three players from our team got the opportunity to jump up to the MLS, you know, and two of them, it was only because our coach knew us, which was me and my teammate Greg Rangensing, the goalkeeper. So, yeah, I think James definitely was the one who brought me in and wanted me to come to Orlando. So I think he was the reason why I got the break. Wow. So uh, how do you like it in Orlando? 
It's awesome. Yeah, the weather is, you know, very nice right now. I'm sure it's a little colder where I'm from. So, you know, it's always pool season here. So it's not. And then the, the fans are really great. You know, we have a lot of passionate fans here that love soccer. So it's fun playing in front of them and, you know, continuing to play soccer, living my dream is always, you know, it's always going to be fun. I think wherever I go, as long as I'm doing the thing I love. So. Absolutely. Um, so what are some of the major differences between the levels um, from kind of the minor league to the MLS? Yeah. Is it bigger, faster, stronger? Is it a lot more skill involved? And uh, do you feel like the pressure is a lot higher and the expectations are a lot higher? Yeah, I would say with our club, definitely the expectations are higher because, you know, the fans want to win. And I understand that. But in Louisville, they wanted to win as well. But I think we had a reputation of winning, so that it was a little bit different. Um, and I would say there is a difference of uh, – I would say there's more superstars in the MLS that ha have a higher quality because they're getting – you know, they're coming from countries like Spain, you know, Uruguay. Uh, a lot of different countries are in the MLS – are represented in the MLS – so you have players like Ibrahimovic, uh, Rooney, who we played last night, Wayne Rooney from, he played, you know, at the highest level. Um, and you have a lot of these guys that, you know, in the USL where I was previously, you had Drogba, who was kind of like that, but he was, you know, probably the only one I would say that played at the highest level like that. So, yeah, there's definitely a difference in, uh, you know, speed of play and the rosters are a lot deeper. So it's, you know, more challenging to get yourself on the starting in the starting 11, I would say. Yeah. So you yeah, said so you, you started, started a few games? games. Yeah. So I made my debut the first uh, game of the regular season and we tied New York City two to two. Uh, I felt like I feel like I've been performing well. So hopefully you know, I get another chance to start soon because I did not start last night. Um, so hopefully, you know, my opportunity will come again and I just have to, you know, perform well and, you know, can only control what I can control and just continue to work hard. So awesome. awesome. So how is your faith kind of play into this whole thing? Um, can you kind of speak a little bit about your faith and uh, just kind of how that changes the way you see soccer and your career and, how it's helping you? Yeah, so I, I guess I'll start from, you know, how my faith got me here. So originally, you know, I'm asking God, like, please give me this opportunity. This is what I want to do with my life. And I felt like, you know, I'm going to do it because I feel like he's answering my prayers already before he even has answered them. So I felt like when I was going into the open trial, I felt like, man, I already got this. You know, I just got to do what I know I can do and the rest is going to take care of itself. So I think, you know, God really helped me make Louisville. And then once I was on Louisville, I continued to pray, you know, just be with me um, and, you know, give me strength throughout, you know, all of my games. I would always pray and, you know, be in my faith. And we won two national or yeah, two championships there. And then. Uh, I got this opportunity now and I feel like God 
helps me because I feel like I'm playing for something. You know, everyone has their reasons why they're playing, their why, for example. And I feel like my why is I'm playing for, you know, God and for, you know, I feel like something greater than myself, which I think helps me because some people's why might be money or some people's why might be, you know, anything. But mine is like my dream and to play for God. So I think that really helps me play every game to my, you know, full max. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Do, do you feel like your faith is going to help you um, with your identity? Because a lot of times as athletes, especially if this is what you do for a living, um, it's really hard not to let your entire identity be wrapped around soccer or whatever game that you play. Like if you lose, you know, the media is on you, the coach is on you, you're on yourself. Um, you just kind of almost feel like you're you're less than because you had a bad game or you made some bad decisions on the field and it just kind of consumes your thoughts. Uh, do you feel like your faith's kind of helped you understand um, or do you feel like you're at that point already or currently at that point where you understand that your identity is in something greater than soccer, that even if soccer were taken away, there's still more to Kyle Smith than, you know, soccer. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, uh, we actually talk about that a lot. We have this little group, uh, like book group we do as a team. And we actually recently talked about this as well. Like we're so much more than soccer because, you know, exactly what you said, like I'm a person, you know, I, yeah, I play soccer, but that's not exactly who I am. Like I come home and I have a life outside of soccer. And a lot of that is my faith, you know? Like at church, I can go and unwind if we have a bad game, you know. So unfortunately, yesterday we played Sunday, so I couldn't do that today. But now I'm doing it. So, you know, yeah, it definitely helps. And because a lot of people in this, you know, world of athletics, I feel like do get caught up and lose confidence if they don't have a good performance because they're reading things in the media that maybe fans are posting or, you know, even maybe national news are posting about the team or about certain players. So, yeah, I definitely think it helps having God on my side. And even though he's on everybody's side, they might not know it. Like, I feel like I, you know, have a good relationship with him where I can talk to him and, you know, unwind if I need to. Awesome. Do you feel like you've learned – a lot through your disappointments as much as you learn through your successes um, throughout your career? I do. So the first year we lost in uh, penalty kicks to New York. And the next two years we go on and we win the next two championships. So I definitely think like losing and being at division three and even losing there has definitely shaped me into the player I am now because, you know, I, no one likes losing. So, uh, you know, if you know how to lose, then it kind of teaches you ways how to not lose because you've been there before. So, you know, you know, strategies and ways that you can get yourself to, to winning, you know? So, yeah, I think it's helped me for sure. Wow. Awesome. Great. And uh, in regards to your new home in Orlando, you said you, you go to church. Did you already get plugged into a local church? Uh, did, did you find one? Um, that you feel comfortable at and, and got settled in. And that's, that's really impressive, by the way. I think that's fantastic. A lot of athletes go to different cities and they just kind of do their own thing. Yeah. Um, but that just kind of shows that your faith is a priority to you. Yeah, so I've actually been bouncing around a little bit, you know, trying to 
you know, see all the different types of churches. I've gone to a couple of churches with teammates and then one with a friend. And then I, but I've been, I watch my uh, one in Cincinnati, the vineyard a lot on, uh, they do like Facebook live. So I haven't like found a home yet, but I'm still continuing to hopefully find one, you know, soon that I can go to every Sunday, at least when I'm in town. That's great, man. That's great. So uh, that really has helped a lot. Can you, um, in regards to overcoming and just kind of pursuing your dream and achieving your dreams, what are some, some key points? Do you have like one or two or maybe three things that you could share with maybe younger athletes or, or people that are chasing their dreams that might be discouraged? You kind of share what are some things that you feel like are the most important things to consider, to pursue, to keep in mind? as you're pursuing your dreams? Okay. I would definitely say one is um, don't let, you know, like losses hold, like uh, discourage you, like make losses uh, make you push for it harder. Because like I said, I got cut. And then the next year I just pushed myself harder and then I made it. So don't let like set, like setbacks, uh, completely kill your dream. So that would be one. Um, two, you got to train hard. Whatever you're doing, you got to work hard at it, no matter what it is. Um, and then three, just have confidence, I would say. Have confidence and pray that, and at, just ask for, ask God to really, you know, help you and, have confidence that he will and i think it will work out great man those are those are some big things right there do you feel like right now even as a as a major league soccer player you you always look for ways to work harder and more than your teammates even at this level now where everybody wants to be a pro and where there's guys in this league that are making millions of dollars you you're always looking for ways to do more to improve your game yeah for sure uh because a lot of guys get to this level and they don't stay for long because i think they don't look for ways to improve their game but there's always something you can do whether it's you know recovery or eating well or watching soccer and practicing different things that you can improve on so it's just competitive edge that i think you can get over other players or other teams as well that maybe aren't doing that as well as your team and your teammates are doing it. So yeah, I, I continue to, you know, try to improve every day because every day is another opportunity that, you know, I can get better. So yeah. That's great. So what I'm hearing you say is like never get comfortable. A lot of people get to a certain level. They feel like they've arrived They get comfortable and kind of like the proverb says, pride comes before the fall. When you feel like you arrived, you you got it. Um, that's when you're most vulnerable. That's when people fall. Yeah, you cannot get complacent for sure. No complacency. For sure. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, what are um? How, how old are you now? By the way, you uh. I turned 27 in January. So. 27 in January. Awesome. So, what are, what are kind of your goals, soccer wise, for the next? one to five years what would you like to see yourself what are your dreams and aspirations in regards to uh the rest of your career now that you're at the highest level in the united states 
So definitely one of them is uh, to win the MLS Cup for sure. And uh, that's a, you know, that's a very lofty goal because it's very difficult to win the MLS Cup. So I want to, you know, I want to win the MLS Cup. And then I also would like to represent the country at some point on the USA team. I feel like I, you know, could do that as long as I have good seasons in the MLS and prove that I'm good enough to represent the country. So I think those are lofty goals, but your goals have to be high because, you know, they just have, you know, you have to shoot for the stars or that's what they say. Right. You know, (laughs) and who would have thought I would have made it here, you know? So I think anything is possible if you just, you know, work at it. Wow. So yeah. How many, um, how much longer do you think you, you, you want to play soccer? You think got another, how many years left here? What's I was a late bloomer, so I, I'm not gonna limit myself to anything. I can, I think I can play for a long time. I think my 27 body is more like 23. So yeah, I'm trying to play for hopefully like seven more years. At the MLS, great. What's your agreement uh, in Orlando? Do you have a two-year deal, or is this just kind of a, a one-season thing for now? Yeah, it's like a one season, and then it kind of progresses from there. Uh, so I just have to perform well, and then hopefully, you know, I get another opportunity to play at this level. Great, great. What's uh, what's the culture like on your team now? There must have been a shift in culture from last season. Usually, when teams lose all the time, it's because there's something wrong with the culture. Uh, do you feel like the culture in your team is is really solid, and your relationship with your coach is good? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. The culture has definitely. I wasn't here last year, but I hear from my teammates like how bad it was last year, and how like no one really had fun on a daily basis. Like no one liked coming into the locker room. Where this year, it's like you see guys even after a loss. It's like everybody's like smiling, joking with each other. Like it's more of a you know group of guys that like each other and have each other's backs which is so important in this game because it's such a team sport. You really need that culture to drive you through the season because if you don't have it, there's no way you're going to you're going to be successful. So, I'm glad that I'm part of this group because we do have a great culture. And I think our coach definitely drives that culture. That's really important. Is there's really all who you surround yourself with, right? If you surround ourselves with the wrong people and create the wrong culture for our lives, whether we're on a team or not, or whether we're trying to get on a team or trying to succeed, we got to make sure the atmosphere around us is conducive to our success. If not, we got to change that atmosphere um, for ourselves. And that's where so many people kind of fall short. Uh, and I think like, do you, do you have a, um, have you had any conversations with your coach in regards to your current performance? Does he keep you kind of in the loop? I know, one of the frustrations I had as a as a player uh, during my basketball career sometimes is that communication sometimes with the coach wasn't the greatest, and you're not sure if you're doing what's expected or how you can improve or what you can do to get more playing time. Um, is that is that uh, how is that relationship? Is that does your coach do a great job with that? Do you feel like you know what you need to improve on to to start every game or what what he's expecting of you, what he wants from you? Yeah, he definitely has like an open door policy. Like I can go in there and talk to him whenever I, you know, whenever I want and he'll have a good conversation with me. And he, the first game I didn't start, he had a conversation with me saying that, you know, I, I think you've been playing well. 
but we're going to give uh, his name is Ruan a chance. And this guy, he's, he's a very good player. He's very fast. So, you know, I'm going to support my team and my teammates and whatever my coach thinks best. But I am going to, you know, continue to have talks with him and see what I can do to get back into the starting lineup. Because like he said, I, you know, I play, I've been playing well. So I just want to see what I can do to help the team win. So, yeah. That's great. That's great. So you can uh, um, kind of in uh in review here in regards to your points to to overcome um, and to accomplish goals, you, you, you were saying that don't let disappointments hold you down, which right now you're applying, like you're getting back into that starting role. And then the second one, you said work really hard at no matter what, outwork everybody. And the third one, you're, you're talking about the importance of confidence and just having faith that uh, God's purpose and plan for your life is real and that he can make the impossible possible for you. Uh, can you kind of speak into confidence? That's so important in anything that we do, especially in sports. And some people say, oh, you just got it or you don't got it. It's something you can't coach. Do you have any more insight on how to develop confidence as a person, as a player? Because that is just huge. There's so many players that have skills. But if you're not confident when the lights come on, then, I mean, you know, you're not going to go very far. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree that it's something you can't coach because – if what I tell myself is if I make a bad pass, soccer is a game where the ball is always coming back to you. So if you dwell on the pass that you just made, then you're, you're not going to make a good second pass because you're thinking about the, the last pass. So once you have this negative self-talk in your head, you got to shut it down. So I think confidence is just not having the negative self-talk. So if you start thinking in your head, and losing confidence and giving yourself negative self-talk, you you need to shut it down and give yourself positive reinforcement and say, no, I am a good player. I am a good person. I am here for a reason. I just next, For me, what I say is next ball. Like, forget about the last ball. The next ball is coming. So I need to be ready and be confident that I can, you know, handle the next ball. So in life, maybe if you don't play a sport, maybe it's just like, I don't know. You just have to find what you're going to tell yourself to shut that negative self-talk down and bring up the confidence. Oh, that's that's uh, that's great insight. And uh, do you also uh, do you write your goals down? Are you one of those people that uh, really keeps those goals right in front of you all the time and stays focused? Can you uh, speak into focus a little bit? Because focus is so important too, right? In, in regards to accomplishing things, and and I, I mean, I'm always trying to figure out what's the best use of my time every day to accomplish my my goals and life is so short. I mean, I already have so many friends that passed away way too young. And, and it seems like people that don't have a purpose, don't have a focus. They just kind of live the life whichever way. But people that do have focus realize life is short. We don't have a whole lot of time and we really need to make the most of every minute. Um, and if we're not focused, there's so many distractions that will just pull us in different directions. So it's kind of my, my last questions to you is here. What do you do to keep yourself focused every day? Okay. Um, my coach definitely helps because he has us write down our goals and like what we're going to do to, to reach those goals. So what we're going to work on, you know, what we're not going to do. So for me, it's like, I'm going to work on my crossing. I'm not going to eat fast food. 
because in my like for me eating is very important and i wrote down my goals in the usl one of my goals was to be starting on an mls team by 2019 and i've reached that goal so that's i'm very proud of myself at the same time i have to move on to my next goal because like we talked about you can't be complacent so now i write down my goals and i uh write the same thing you know and uh I would say like what you said is spot on about life is short. You know, I, I have uh, like our founder from uh, Louisville, he got in a plane crash recently and passed away. His name was Wayne. And, you know, life is short, like you said, so you need to stay focused. And I would encourage you if you, if you find yourself that you're not focused, write things down, put them on your mirror if you have to. So they're always in front of you. And, you know, that can help. So, Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kyle Smith, for your great insight in regards to overcoming, accomplishing goals, staying focused, and just kind of sharing your story. I hope everyone was very encouraged and took some notes on what Kyle said. I appreciate all your support uh, of Redeem the Dream as well and uh, speaking to our kids while you were here and coming to our five-year celebration. I just really appreciate this partnership and... uh, Again, I hope you all enjoyed the second episode of the Redeem the Dream podcast. Next one will be coming soon. All right, thank you very much, Kyle. Appreciate it. Yes, thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it as well. All right, man. God bless you. We'll talk soon. Okay, sounds good. All right.